This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast Show 899. What's going on, everyone? This is David Green, your host of the Bigger Pockets Real Estate Podcast, joining you with part two out of a two out of two series on renovations that actually add value to your home. Earlier this week, we released part one, where we talked about renovations that add value to the exterior, and today we're covering the interior with two house flipping experts, James Daynard and Jesse Rodriguez, two flipping extraordinaires that are lending their expertise, knowledge, and time. This is a great episode for your average homeowner trying to sell your home for more, as well as investors looking to add value before exiting a property. Also, if you're a house flipper, I guarantee you're going to love this show, and if you're a short-term rental opportunity, Operator, you're going to get tons of design ideas that will get a higher ADR on your property and more profit in your portfolio. We've got the good stuff, folks, and I'm here for it. Let's get into it. Jesse and James, welcome back to the show. Earlier this week, we covered renovations that will add value to the exterior of the home. And today, we're going to be covering the interior of the home. So let's start with that. I feel like everyone is obsessed with an open layout kitchen. There should be a drinking game on HGTV where every time someone says the word open concept, you take a shot, you'd be hammered before you got to lunchtime. How much value does this open concept add? And do you have to have an open concept kitchen specifically? Jesse, what are your thoughts? I love the open concept. It might be because I live in a 1908 house that does not have an open kitchen concept that every time I do a design, I'm like, look how great it is. I can cook and watch TV and the kids can do homework, right? Um, when you're flipping, for me, I flip a lot of smaller houses, under 1,700 square foot houses. Taking down the wall between the kitchen and the family room all of a sudden transforms the, like, the feel of the home. You don't, do not think you're walking into a 1,000 or 1,200 square foot home anymore. So for me... It's a huge value. I have to do it every time and it's cheap. For under a couple grand, I can take down a wall, throw a beam up, some footings, and I feel that everyone gets this, this feel that you get to see the kitchen, right? Because we invest the most amount of money in the kitchen. I want you to see it as soon as you walk in the door because I want you to know that like, hey, look how much money we put in. Look at how nice this kitchen is. Yeah, like James's teeth. You want people to see them, right? right? Why they're at the front of his face. <laughs> I'm putting a white strip on right now during the during this call. <laughs> James, what's your thoughts on kitchens and the open concept? You know, going back to the comparables, we'll open it up if the, if the comparables tell us to. And I would say majority we do. But one pet peeve of mine is you don't want to strip the character out of the house either. You know, some homes are built for formal spaces. Like what Jesse said, 1906 home, you know, they have traditional spaces. You know, they have their kitchen sectioned off. They have their dining room. And you can you can kind of open up the flow a little bit of them, but you don't want to ruin the air of your house. So like a lot of times in our craftsman homes, we keep that four square feel and that formal feel. And sometimes that's the way to go. And so really look at the comparables, look at your architecture of the property and should you open it up? And there's other ways that you can do it too and cut the cost down. Sometimes if you're doing like a, a, you know, let's say a cheaper flip that you're going to sell for 300 grand or 250,000 and you don't want to spend that two to $4,000 opening that wall up by putting the beam in, you can also work around the structure and just cut open a picture frame Mm -hmm. rather than put a whole Mm -hmm. beam up in there and it won't look as great, but you're still getting the flow through. And so really just look at your comparables, what price point you're trying to accomplish, and then don't rip the architecture of the house. If it's supposed to be traditional, let it be what it's supposed to be. 
I've done that before too. And one of the ways when I do the picture frame thing, if I can make it big enough, I'll actually install a wooden bar top to make like a cool feature, especially if it's like a short-term rental. That's something that I've done. Uh, I'm definitely not as skilled as you two are at this thing, but you do get more uh, like things you can play with once you do it. Jesse, you had something you wanted to add? Yeah, David, I think it's like with what James is saying is you need to design layout to who the buyer is, right? Mm -hmm. When you're, when you're looking at comps, it's not just dollars. It's I'm trying to design this home. One of my rule of thumbs that I have is I design houses so that 10 out of 10 buyers love it. I'm not looking for the functional, like obsolete thing. It's like, I actually like, if it's a 1920s craftsman home, right? It has a, a lot of a natural wood and arts and crafts feel. Yes, you have to leave the walls up. You have to leave that huge chunky wood trim around the openings. Like you're not modernizing that because hmm. if you do that, the buyer more than likely that's looking for an arts and crafts style home wants that they're actually reducing the value of what you're going to get on that house. And you think you're helping it. So it's important to really know that end user concept and who you're designing and building for based on the community. All right. What about the kitchen itself? Is this a good place to invest money? And where do you think you get the most bang for your buck in the kitchen, Jesse? Uh, it's, uh, you know, yes. I mean, I, it, it depends. I'd say on most of the houses I fix, I always update the kitchen cabinets, even if they were updated, let's say 10 years ago, um, you know, unless they're natural, like hardwood, then I'll look into restoring and painting, but big bang for your buck on prefab cabinets, you know, um, nice countertops, um, you know, adding an island or a peninsula, something where, you know, you can have more prep space functionality with the design, making sure that the fridge and the stove and everything's close to each other in the sink. Um, I put a lot of thought into kitchens because it feels like the heart of the home is in the kitchen. The kitchen is important to everyone in the family now. Um, people are usually when they're upsizing houses, it's because the kitchen was smaller in the other one and they didn't have enough room and their families are growing. Um, and I find that it, it's like a four X your return. I mean, I, I have friends that are flippers that are very successful that don't update everything in the house. If you guys can't tell, I'm a fix everything in the home kind of guy. I really want to give a product that's perfect all the way around. So I overspend, but I feel like I've, I've never lost because I've overspent because I, I really understand who that next buyer is going to be and the value of it. So I, I think it's a 100% of the time you update a kitchen. What about you, James? Any kitchen hacks that you like? Yeah. I mean, kitchen and primary sell houses. That's it. That is a true, it, it definitely will help you get a higher price. Um, and so we do like to emphasize the kitchen and, and upgrade them on every property, but it's about how you do it and what you're trying to accomplish. You can get a lot of bang for your buck by doing small tweaks. For example, Things that we like and I feel is a great impression on a property is instead of buying a micro hood, we do a stainless hood. It's about the same price and we like to run the tile all the way up the backsplash. So when they see it, it's that loud feature in the kitchen and it, it, it's that focal point where you're, you're locked in on it and it doesn't really cost you much more. Items that we always look at, like Jesse referenced, is you want to have the right flow in, in your kitchen, but can you keep your appliances and your mechanicals in the same location? It will dramatically change the cost of your kitchen. If I can keep the sink where it is, keep the dishwasher where it is, where the range is going so I don't have to move the gas pipe or move the electrical over, it will save me 20 to 30% on my average install of the kitchen. And if you can keep that layout, then you can reinvest that into upgrading your cabinets, your countertops, your full tile backsplash, um, and your appliances. Uh, and there's so many cool little hacks for kitchens. Like, you know, for example, we use a range called Bertazzoni. Bertazzoni sounds fancy. It's a nice range. It looks like wolf, but it costs 60% less than a wolf range. We can take the upper cabinets off of our top shelf and just put in floating, put in floating shelves. 
that actually reduces our cabinet costs by about 20% and it gives it a flavor and a vibe. So there's so many ways that you can upgrade your kitchen and also pull it back to where people feel really good about it and you're not having to buy the same amount of materials or spend the same amount of material costs. How do floating shelves only reduce the cost by 20%? Did you mean 80%? Well, it depends on the cabinets you're buying. Okay. You know, your average box is going to be about $200. Our shelf, you know, is going to be about 25 to 50 bucks for a cool shelf. But then you, the one issue you have to you get caught with is you have to tile all the way up because we like to put tile in every one of our backsplashes because it gives it that flavor and pop. And so you do spend more on tile. So there's, there's a little bit of a trade-off there. Okay. Uh, any issues with floating shelves from a safety perspective that we should mention here? I've never had an issue with them. People have to know that if you're putting a floating shelf, you can't put a bunch of heavy stuff on it, right? It's for the decorative. It's You could put some plates, but you're not overloading it. But you know, making sure that you go into the studs, right? Yes, like making sure yeah, the I can see that being a problem. Make sure the contractor really understands that concept. Um, if not, yeah, it's going to be a house of cards on that shelf. Don't use sticky tape. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are those new like hooks that like my wife, she hung up um, like literally a 50 pound picture on these like... Um, they're like, you know, that you stick them on the wall and you hold them for like a second. Uh-huh. And then they're like supposed to be really strong. Literally three months later, this thing just comes crashing out. Don't <laughs> use Gorilla Tape that you saw in some infomercial to hang your... Uh, yeah, yeah, some Amazon Instagram swipe up or something. Yeah, so that that broke. Don't do that on your uh, floating shelves. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but make sure you stick around because we're going to be getting into more of Jesse and James Bang for Your Buck updates. Plus... How much value a new bathroom adds to your home and what the most overlooked renovations that investors should make are. You don't want to miss this, so stay tuned. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com slash BP. What's better than low money down? No money down. Now through Rent to Retirement, you can buy a brand new construction turnkey rental property for no money down. Wait, hold on. This can't be right. I need to double check with Zach, Rent to Retirement CEO. Oh, hey, Rob. Zach, how the heck are you selling turnkey rental properties for $0 down? <laughs> it's not that complicated, Rob. Rent to Retirement has new construction properties up to $20,000 below retail prices. We also have investor loans with rates as low as 3.99% and down payment options as low as 5% or sometimes even zero money down. You get all the cash flow, appreciation, and equity for as little as zero money down. That's an infinite return. Oh, wait, wait. Let me get on this before we tell it to the whole Bigger Pockets audience. Just head to renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com or text REI to 33777. That's REI to 33777 to learn more about how you can get started investing with no money down today. Get your next new construction property at a steep discount or invest with no money down. 
Head to renttoretirement.com today. Passive income without the property headache? It's possible. There's a way to invest passively in real estate and get monthly income without any tenants, maintenance, or property management. The wealthy have been doing this for years, and if you're an accredited or high net worth investor, you too can collect cash flow without the headaches that come from owning rentals. How? By investing in a private real estate fund with PPR Capital Management. PPR's co-founder, Dave Van Horn, wrote the book on real estate note investing for BP. But he's not just investing in notes. Dave and his team also have an extensive background in commercial real estate. And with PPR Capital Management, they're strategically investing in both notes and commercial real estate nationwide. With over half a billion dollars in assets under management, PPR has provided individuals with a steady source of truly passive income since 2007 without ever missing a payment. Check them out at investwithppr.com. Again, if you're looking to get monthly passive income from an experienced team with a strong track record, go to investwithppr.com today. Okay, we've covered the open concept. We've talked about kitchen and kitchen upgrades. Great stuff here. Let's get into bathrooms. What do renovated bathrooms do for the equity in a property, Jesse? Okay, just like a kitchen, it's top dollar, huge bang for your buck. You have to deck out the bathrooms. Um, I do not do shower enclosures anymore. I tile everything, floor to ceiling, um, you know, in the shower or the tub. I do backsplashes behind the kitchen cabinets. Um, I do niches in every single bathroom and I change the tile that's in the niche. You know, I'll do brass um, fixtures. I'll go higher end a little bit. And by higher end, I mean color. It doesn't necessarily cost that much more to go from like an oil rub bronze to a brass if you're still just using a Delta or a Kohler, you know, Home Depot line. I don't take LVP through the whole house into the bathroom. I, you know, put tile on the flooring. I really try to like mix materials, mix elements, um, a lot of like design look. And it just goes so far because when you think about as a flipper, you always have to think about the end user. I already said it. It's, I'm going to say it a thousand times. And if people are putting 5% or 10% or 20% down, right? Someone can go up in price 30, 40, 50,000 above list price, because if it's 20%, really it's costing them $10,000 more out of pocket because they're financing the difference, right? Well, they're not going to be able to do the bathroom design the way we can for that cost. I mean, I'm pushing 10% above list on every flip I do. And I truly think it's because design like functionality and design over cost is a big thing for me because I feel like I get it back in Southern California because of premium areas and, you know, buying power. So I do it all and I do it nice every time. James. Yeah. I think the money should always be spent in the bathroom, especially your primary uh, because again, people are in there a lot. And like Jesse, we like to mix up a lot of the different materials. And then we're always looking for those little upgrades that won't cost much, but give it that flavor. You know, you can buy a floating ca cabinet off, you know, an online store and it will cost you about the same as what it would from your cabinet company. But what that does is we can install it, gives it a little bit of different feel. And then we get add this little bit of LED strip light underneath it. And now we have a floating illuminated cabinet. It costs us maybe 50 to 100 bucks more, and it gives it that vibe. So there's so many different things that you can do in bathrooms to upgrade it. But we're always doing the flooring, different tones, whether it's a sheet vinyl, upgraded vinyl, or tile. We want to add those little details like a soap niche, like what Jesse talked about. You know, by just recessing in and framing a little opening, it gives it so much flavor, that strip lighting. And then one thing I've learned is try to work in standard sizes in your bathroom. Uh, one tip, this is a great flip tip. It will, it will save you 35% on your shower door. If you stay inside a standard shower door size, right, which is going to be about five feet, your average shower door is going to cost you anywhere between 
300 bucks and it's $700. Even for a frameless, you can get at eight, $900. If once you go past five foot and two inches, then all of a sudden you have a custom shower door and it's 1500 to 2000. Mm. And so when you're planning out your spaces, look at what's standard, what works. And we actually measure our shower sizes to fit the standard sizes because it reduces those costs. If you just think a little bit ahead, you can shred your cost down the road. Look at Jesse. Dude, you are a ninja. Like, are you kidding Told me? <laughs> I, I mean, like, I mean, I swear to God, you are so tactical. This is the cheap. You're shooting with a sniper rifle. I shoot cheapness. with a shotgun. Like, it's just freaking everywhere. Yeah. James does not like to waste money, and that is why he is here. And that is why I love him also. James is, uh, he, that's my bromance right there. He's got his stuff down. So that's the tip, everybody. Five foot two. Uh, you can date higher than that, but you don't want your shower door to be more. <laughs> All right. Now, how much value is added per bathroom and bedroom that you add? This was when I was in my uh, bird days and I was just cranking them out. This was one of the first things I would look for, adding bathrooms, adding bedrooms, adding square footage to small houses. Uh, as flippers, how often do you find that you can add value by increasing your bedroom or bathroom count, Jesse? It's 100% of the time. I mean, it's one of my hacks. I search for two ones. Um, that are, you know, a thousand square feet or bigger. I convert them to three twos every single time. Um, I go usually right to the laundry room. Laundry room is going to be off the kitchen. Plumbing is there. Convert it to the bathroom. It's the most inexpensive way because I'm not moving plumbing everywhere. Um, I look for older built homes that are on raised foundations so that if I do have to move plumbing, then it's easy because there's a big giant crawl space. I'm adding a bathroom for a house with plans and permits for about 18,000 and I'm getting 50,000 back on that at least, at least every single time. And then I'm taking dining rooms and I'm converting them to third bedrooms. I'm opening up the wall in the kitchen. So that, so I'm, I'm opening up the wall in the kitchen to make it feel larger, but then I'm closing off a dining room, right? So I'm actually just exchanging the closed up space, but getting that extra bedroom and bathroom. And because Southern California is so expensive, even though the home is small, that extra bedroom and bathroom is so needed because I just opened up my buyer pool to such a larger percentage by having that. And it is, you know, for under 25, 35,000 bucks, I'm now pulling 75 or 85,000 more value. It's what allowed me to continue to flip at a high pace in this market that was highly competitive to buy houses because it was, I was forcing equity on properties. Yes. I didn't have to buy everything at 60 cents on the dollar. Yeah. I could kind of squeeze it out and keep the machine running so I could keep crews in business and make some income while the big pops would land on my lap sometimes. That's great stuff. I actually have a book coming out for Bigger Pockets in August of this year with this a framework of understanding exactly what you just described so you could get out of just, well, what, what is it cash flow? And can I change the cabinets? Just kind of think more creatively with every property that comes your way. Now, James, you're someone who obviously likes to save money. Do you prefer to add additional bathrooms if they don't have enough? Or do you just add a line of urinals and several shower stalls into the same bathroom so you don't have to add square footage? Well, what we typically do is we, we take our leftover home Home Depot buckets and we just put them under the cabinet so they can they have a backup <laughs> outhouse outhouses yeah and then you throw it out you're good to go clean it and you're ready to go um so throwback right that stuff it's retro 
Yeah, retro's in. Retro's all. I mean, wallpaper's coming back in. You know, uh, buckets are coming back in. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We, you know, we will add bathrooms if the data tells us to. Typically, we are. You know, we want to always try to get that primary suite in, especially if we're looking at a higher price point. But it is something that that flippers and all, even burr investors, really need to take a look at because there is a time cost and money to adding that bathroom. And sometimes, especially after interest rates spiked, the delta isn't as much in those more affordable markets. You know, we were looking at a house recently, and it, it comped for four seventy five as a one bath, and it comped for four ninety nine as a two bath. So for us to spend the ten to fifteen thousand, the time, the permits, just to get the extra twenty five, didn't make a lot of sense because yeah. it slowed the deal down. Not crazy when you think about what actually people care about. A extra bathroom in a house is a pretty big deal. That's amazing to me that appraisers would value it so low. Yeah, and appraisers what would they throw ten grand on it? And if they don't, if they have to come up with an analysis, they don't have the. If you have an extra bathroom and the comps don't, they throw ten thousand dollars at it. That is nuts. I'll tell you what, when you need that bathroom, you might pay $10,000 right then to use it when there's only one bathroom in a house and you got to (laughs) go. Yeah, it doesn't, there's no logical sense. They need to update how they interpret this. And really what it should be is just a a percentage average for the market, right? Two homes are selling for, or two bath homes are selling for for this much more percentage wise. Um, But check your data. I would say typically a primary bath is going to get you more money. And if the comps have an additional bath, do not skimp. You need to add that space in. Um, and so just use your data. It will tell you what to do. And then when you're planning your bass out, you can cut costs, especially if you're doing a smaller rent, uh, you know, a more affordable flip, mm-hmm. stay on your wet walls. So when we're planning around our bathrooms, if we're in a more affordable price point, if you stack your bathrooms, it costs you a lot less. You don't have to move your plumbing as long. So if you need to add that bathroom, look at where you can keep all the plumbing together and you can add right. that upgrade for a fraction of the cost. So what that means is look for other bathrooms, uh, kitchen or laundry. That's typically the places where you're going to have water lines already run and you can tap into it right there. Pro tip for everybody. Good good call there, James. Uh, Jesse, any other advice that you have when it comes to putting in an extra bathroom that people should know that will save money? Uh, you know, James kind of touched on the primary. So like when I do the laundry room conversions, right, they're never connected to a bedroom. So I'm not creating a primary bedroom that has a primary bathroom. Um, so a lot of times the way that I'll do it is I'll steal the hall bath. And that's touching, right? One of the bedrooms. I'll make that a full, like I'll move a wall around, mm-hmm. connect it to the bedroom to cr- make it into a primary bathroom off that. And then the laundry room conversion becomes that communal one for the other two bedrooms. And now I'm checking, cause you know, I'm always looking to check off the boxes. Like for me, right? It's like open kitchen concept, has a master bathroom, master bedroom or primary, um, has the second one, right? Has outdoor space. And as I can check every one of those boxes, I go, I'm going to hit my value and I'm going to hit tip top of that value. I've done that before too. I've taken the laundry room, turned that into a bathroom because it was easier to move the laundry somewhere else than it was to build a bathroom somewhere else. So good stuff here. This is one of the best podcasts we've done in a long time. Uh, James, you have some tips for listeners about the smartest ways to use mirrors in your renovations. You've got some clever ideas here. So tell us what you're doing in your flips that make those bathrooms really pop. You know, as you're renovating, right, it depends on the price point. Me and Jesse are in fairly expensive markets. And so a lot of times we're doing everything. But if you're in the more affordable markets, which I play in too, I don't care what the price point is. I just want to make some money. You can do little things that will make huge impacts, like upgrading your mirrors with like a round mirror or a backlit mirror. You can source that stuff online now for so cheap that will give it some flavor and um to where that buyer really just jumps at it without having to spend a lot of money. So when you're upgrading your bathrooms, if you don't have the budget, 
Look at mirrors. What can you make it feel cool? Paint it an accent wall behind your vanity. There's little touches that you can do that will go a long way to where you can spend less than $500 and make it feel a lot more luxurious. So look at the mirrors, look at the paint, look at your toilet paper holders. Mm. I mean, if you spend five bucks more, it might be a little bit cooler. And, uh, you know, so look at for those cheap and inexpensive upgrades because you don't always have to rip it all apart. You can just add some flavor to it. James, that, that goes hand in hand with staging. And Dave, I don't mean to, to move it, but like the mirror is like, it's a staging type thing. And so many times I'll go spend 150,000 on a remodel and then pay a stager at 3,500 bucks. And every comment is, oh my God, I love the staging. I love the couch. I love, and I'm like, how about the tile? Tell me that you like my tile, man. Like, and, and, and you realize the value that like the mirror, the couch, the visualization that comes beyond, I mean, you can do the most beautiful tile and kitchen job and someone walks into that house and it feels bare. They can't visualize where their TV is supposed to go. I mean, it's amazing. Our job here as flippers is to really paint the picture and it doesn't stop with just the design or the functionality. You have to go that extra mile. So I, I love that, that idea of the mirror. You're right. I sympathize with you, Jesse. I hit, uh, I get to a point where I hit a new record on bench press and have a bunch of muscle and all people see is the scraggly beard. And that's all that they comment on. You're like, come on. All this work was done. And that's all you notice. All right. What's the, what's the record? I got to know what the record is now. What's the record? You want me to sit here live on a, on a podcast? Yeah, what's, what, what's the press record? You gotta know. Uh, you're doing good here. Uh, I hit three <laughs> plates. I think that's 315 pounds. Probably not a ton of weight for someone who's really good at lifting weights, but I that was a lot for me. That's impressive. <laughs> yes, thank you. Let's talk about that. Who cares about houses? Let's talk about David Green's workout routine. All right, talking about shocking statistics, let's get into electrical work. Uh, man, this can really screw up a deal. We'll get into that right after the break. Plus when you should replace those pesky water heaters, and the most worthwhile updates that most investors ignore. This is stuff you don't want to miss that's going to save you money, so make sure you stick around for more. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. Deciding how to invest your capital can be extremely challenging, especially when the market is constantly changing. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company that has a great track record. The BAM Capital executive team has successfully navigated through the Great Recession, COVID-19, and the current interest rate environment while delivering maximized returns to their partners. 
BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator with over $1.3 billion in transactions, delivering a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. And BAM Capital has consistently paid preferred return distributions for over 50 consecutive months, has not lost limited partners capital, and has not called capital past the subscription amount. BAM Capital's disciplined investment strategy is targeting undermanaged institutional quality trophy assets throughout the U.S. heartland for accredited investment who are looking for generational wealth building or monthly income opportunities. Their offerings target cash flow stability, capital preservation, long-term appreciation, and accelerated tax benefits. Join BAM Capital's over 1,200 investors across 44 states and get started today at BAMCapital.com. Again, that's BAMCapital.com. Real estate investing is great, but for some, the tenant phone calls and clogged toilets aren't all that attractive. So how do you invest in real estate without getting your hands dirty? Invest for truly passive income with Pine Financial Group. Pine's mortgage fund offers a targeted 8% preferred return and an attractive profit split with 70% of net profits going to the investors. You'll earn passive income by participating in lending to house flippers. And it's secure because senior lien holders, that's you, are first in line to get paid. Their rigorous underwriting process and the backing of a physical asset mitigate downside risk. Plus, by investing with Pine Financial Group, you contribute to the revitalization of communities by directing your funds from Wall Street to Main Street and supporting local economies. The investment is reserved for accredited investors. Don't miss this opportunity to back Main Street over Wall Street and start earning passive real estate income. Learn more about investing with Pine at pinefinancialgroup.com BP. pinefinancialgroup.com BP. Every lender loves to talk about how easy it is to get a mortgage. Then when it's time to fund your next deal, they ask for your full financials, your blood type, your mother's famous spaghetti recipe, and a map to the fountain of youth. Sound familiar? You got all that handy, right? Why not switch to a lender who actually makes qualifying for a loan easy? A lender like Host Financial. Host Financial takes the tedious tax returns, endless W-2s, and time-consuming financial requests out of the picture. Their light dock and common sense underwriting guidelines mean frictionless transactions every time. You'll even be able to use the actual or projected income of the short-term or long-term rental you're looking to purchase or pull equity out of. That's what lending built for investors looks like. So take the next step and grow your portfolio faster. Visit hostfinancial.com to request a quote in as fast as 60 seconds, which is faster than this ad. If not, it's pretty close. That's host, H-O-S-T, financial.com. Again, that's host, H-O-S-T, financial.com. Welcome back. James Daynard and Jesse Rodriguez are here, and they're in the middle of breaking down the interior changes that you can make to your property that will add the most value. Let's jump back in. Jesse, what do people need to keep on the lookout for with electrical work, and is it typically going to get you an ROI on the upgrades? So a lot of investors seem to like only want to do the pretty, and then they don't touch the, you know, the mechanical and the electrical because you can't see it. But when you are going to the inspection on the flip side of it, when it's listed, it will bite you in the butt every single time. So if I can get away with not updating a panel, then I'll try not to, but I always add recess lights. Uh, it's kind of something now that I feel isn't very expensive. You know, it's costing a hundred bucks a recess light. So it's, you know, $2,000 or so, and everyone loves it. I mean, it's, it's like adding windows. People are like, oh, there's recess lights. Oh, there's new windows. So I've gotten to the point where it's just standard every single time for me. If I have to get behind the walls, you know, because, you know, maybe it's knob and tube electrical wiring and I need to update it, 
Um, but if there's Romex there, I, I try, it doesn't have to be updated again. You know, when we get into adding HVAC systems and maybe the panel doesn't have enough juice and I need to update to a 200 amp panel, I'll do it. But I will say the electrical, it's always recessed, but I don't necessarily rewire or update a panel unless it's necessary because that becomes into a big ticket item. The second part that's very, very cheap, but gives you a big bang is I hate when I walk into a flip. The home's painted and it's beautiful and they put on the same old outlets, right? Like the, the round ones, instead of switching it to like the square outlet covers, you know, they still like the old light switch right. instead of like the newer square toggle one. That is the finishing touch that's needed to show that you modernized in my opinion. So this would be like when somebody gets a brand new custom fitted three piece suit and then they wear it with white tube socks. Yes. It's a good analogy. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, yeah, I've never seen a buyer come out of a house and say, I loved it, but what about the electrical? Or, you know, I was really impressed with that upgraded panel over there. I think that most buyers just expect that the stuff is going to be safe. So, James, how do you balance when an electrical upgrade is needed or electrical work needs to be done versus when the money is better put elsewhere? Yeah, it always comes down to layout and safety on the electrical that we're doing. A lot of times, if you're adding bathrooms, you're manipulating layouts, you're going to have to plan to rewire a lot of this house anyways, because you're moving so much conduit around. Um, but we always hit those safety items. You know, if we have a Zinsco panel, right, that is a panel that's known nationwide, they catch on Stop fire. Stop it. Stop. Don't say the Z word, James. The Z -word. Don't say the Z word. The home inspector's favorite thing. They're like, Zinsco, you got to replace it. Your house burning down, even though the house never burned down in 60 years. That must be like, Day one of home inspector school is like, let me show you how to justify your $400 fee. Call yeah. out the Zinsco. The Zinsco. <laughs> you know? So we hit those safety items. Um, but, you know, and those are the things that have to be done to keep your sale together, to maybe take it to do code. And sometimes you just have to do it. Uh, but as a flipper, too, if we are doing more of a lipstick and let's say we have a 100 amp panel. So it's a smaller panel than what's built today. And we're going for a more affordable price point. We actually bullet point out on when we list the property what we did to the electrical and what is still existing because we don't want the buyer because buyers assume that flippers do everything all the time. And that's just not true. We're doing a scope of work for a price point. And so if you are going to scale back on some of those, you know, safety or, you know, modernization of mechanicals, just document it. So that buyer knows what they're getting into. It will save you an inspection nightmare down the road. But typically we're rewiring most things. And then there's little things that we like to do, like the electrical trim that can really go a long ways, right? Your dining room chandelier, your bathroom lighting, uh, little things that you can add. You know, you might spend 50 bucks more or you source it out and it'll give it that flavor and pop because people's visual eyes go right to those spaces. And so you can get a premium. And then recently, as we've been getting into our higher end flips, we do a lot more ambiance lighting because we, again, the, the more a buyer has a vibe on the house, the more they'll pay. So we like to do a little bit of uplighting on the outside, the walkways. So as they're coming through to show the house, they have a vibe. We like to add in little decorative lights. Like, can we put an uplight in a hallway and just light up a wall? And it costs us maybe a hundred bucks, but people feel good soon as they walk in that front door. And so depending on your scope of work and your size, just don't forget to add little extra features because again, just like the staging, it makes people fall in love and they will pay you better. 
All right, now speaking about socks and underwear of housing, let's talk about water heaters and furnaces. Not the sexiest stuff to get for Christmas, but yet they still exist and have to be dealt with. Jesse, what is your take on when you should replace a water heater or a furnace? Goes back to the home inspection. I know that if that water heater's been in there 20 years, the home inspector is going to call it out. They're going to redline it. They're going to make it seem like it's the worst thing in the world. Um, and I'm going to see a, a change order request that from the buyer that says, give me a $2,000 credit for it or change it. So I love when I'm selling a house, I have like my termite completion, maybe a roof cert. Like I'm premeditated. You're going to want to do these inspections. I've already done it. So I've got my HVAC guy that does like, created kind of like a roof cert for HVAC. That's, you know, he's not putting a year on it, but it's like, we did these steps, doesn't put the price on it. So it's not the invoice. Um, and it just kind of shows that I'm like checking off all the boxes of, I didn't just make it look pretty. I'm also servicing mechanicals. All right. James, heaters, furnaces, the non-sexy stuff that goes with the flip. What's your take? I mean, most buyers come into our house and they're like, look at that furnace. That is something else. Uh, <laughs> yeah, those are just the, the things that you have to do uh, in, in these properties. Um, and what Jesse touched on is what we like to do. If it's past 10 years old, we start looking at, you know, if it's right on that cusp, because your average lifespan for water tanks about 10 years, same with a furnace, as long as it's been it taken care of. If it's right on that threshold, depending on what we're selling, we're going to have it serviced, we're going to have it inspected, and then that's a negotiated item for that that buyer. If it yep. is way past it, then we're going to replace it. Or if we're taking a property all the way down to studs and upgrading every mechanical, it looks weird if we don't touch the furnace. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, just know your scope of work and then see what you can salvage. That is another home inspector they love. The furnace is nine years old, and then it's always that line that gets us all. It is coming to its end of its expected life. Useful life. The yes. Useful life. It's like, yes. well, who says it? if it's working, it's great. Like it, it works, right? And so just service it, treat it, uh, make sure that y you clean it up. And then that's a negotiating uh, item down the road. But if we're hitting that around that 10-year mark, we budget for a new furnace every time because we don't want to get clipped on the backside of that sale because we know it, it's in no man's land. We don't know whether we're going to have to do it or not. And so as long as you count for it in your budget, then it's a negotiating factor later and it could be upside to your profit later down the road too. And quick tip for all of our listeners out there. If you find yourself in a jam where you don't have it in the budget to replace something like uh, HVAC, water heater, furnace, one of those things, but the buyers are making a stink about it. One way that I have wiggled around this is we include a home warranty in the deal, which is 400 to $500. And we don't replace the actual unit. And then if the unit breaks two years down the road or whatever, as long as the buyer renew that home warranty, it will often be replaced that way. And so uh, it's going to cost a little bit of money, but not the full $3,500 that it might B. All right. Last question for each of you. What are some overlooked interior renovations that add value to a home that flippers and real estate investors may not be thinking about? Jesse? Let's go James first. <laughs> Jesse gave all of his best stuff earlier when he's like, we got light sockets. Yeah. Electrical <laughs> outlets. James, let's start with you this time. You know, I think one of the more overlooked things from flippers is we, we do the same thing, right? We're going, okay, here's this comparable property it has all the shiny stuff to it it's got cabinets it's got flooring it's got all the new appliances and then we're just focused on what we need to do in the house as far as updating the materials where we've seen some big impact is is again we go back to that flow and vibe we've really learned that over 18 years like that makes a big impact whether your house is getting picked first or last 
and upgrading things like natural light, expanding windows, maybe adding one extra window into a space can really, really change the vibe of your whole house. And, you know, by adding a $400 window in one wall can make a big impact where that buyer jumps on it. Or if you have a below grade property where it feels like a dungeon and you spend $1,500 putting in an egress window and all of a sudden it feels like a great space, that's where we've seen a lot of those hidden value increases. It's more about the vibe than the tinsel. Um, but if you want to go for the tinsel, things that are great are wallpaper, accent walls. Those things can can break up the spaces. It doesn't cost much. Um, you know, those little, little... Ex- you don't want your house feeling stale and sterile. So anytime you can add just a little bit of flavor, wallpaper, accent walls, uh, maybe just a floating shelf, one corner light, it will go a long way because you want it to stand apart. Um, and, and so just look at how you break up your spaces and then what is that natural light feel? People really do underestimate what having the outside feel inside your house will do to a buyer's perception. Yeah, that's a great point. I'm actually working on a lot of that right now in my own portfolio, like short-term rentals. Some of these cheap things that we're talking about here, they can get better pictures taken, which will drive more people to book it. Or if you're selling a house as a flipper, you guys both know those pictures are pretty much everything when it comes to getting people in the door because they can't fall in love with your house if they don't see it. Uh, Jesse, Anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I think one of the things, you know, as flippers, we get used to almost the houses becoming a little sterile, white walls, recessed lights, and it just kind of becomes kind of hospital-ish a little bit because we're wanting to give someone a clean palette so that they can do their own stuff. So when James is talking about accent walls and wallpaper and that coming back in, 100%, like not being scared to bring a little flair because a lot of people can't think outside the box, so you're helping them. Um, The second part is the fixtures. You know, adding a cool light fixture in the dining room that's beyond maybe just the basic Home Depot one. Um, Going on Amazon. If you go on Amazon now, I mean, the finishes that you can get with regards to light fixtures, wall sconces, chandeliers, pendant Mm. lights above an island are really cool now. And it brings in elements of black or gold um, and really can tie in a design. And it changes your kind of your eyesight, right? You're not just seeing like smooth ceiling, just recessed lights. It's like smooth ceiling, cool chandelier, staging, pendant light, right? Wall sconce, open shelving, all those little elements that don't cost a ton, but really make the space feel lived in. And I think flippers need to remember that. Like, it's like, make it feel warm, make it feel kind of poppy a little bit. Um, and it's, you get the emotional high, like people, it's not just about clean and new. It's like, get people in there falling in love. I think everybody needs to remember, you want to flip a house that 10 out of 10 people want to buy. That's how you can drive prices up. That's how you can get bidding wars, right? Gentlemen, this has been some fantastic information, great ideas, tactical advice, things that are literally going to make our audience money in real estate. So I appreciate both of you being here. Uh, If you guys would like to follow Jesse and James, you can do so by finding their information in the show notes. Mine will be there as well. And please make sure you're following the Bigger Pockets podcast. We can keep bringing you more information like this. This will conclude part two of our How to Add Value to Your Home interior edition. So thanks both of you for being here. I really appreciate the Jesse James combo. Hopefully we can do this again. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. 
You want financial freedom. And the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com deals and enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and bam, instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com deals. That's biggerpockets.com deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.